However, you know, someone who maybe doesn't practice or train the same way an elite does, or they're, they haven't adapted their metabolism to handle gels um, that quickly, then that's, like I said, that's where you might want to mix it up just a little bit. Hey, welcome or welcome back to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Bert Run. I'm Francesco, your host, and this is our monthly episode about nutrition in collaboration with On Pace Wellness. We reached out to Wilfredo Benitez from On Pace Wellness, which is a company based in Portland, Oregon, which help, helps endurance athletes to optimize their nutrition for training, racing, and of course, living a happy, healthy life. After our first episode that we published last month, where we talked about the importance of a balanced nutrition for athletes, and we tried to share some helpful information in order to make the most profitable and healthy choices in our everyday lives, today's topic is 100% related to the sport we all love, trail running. So we are going to talk about the nutrition strategy before and during a race or a long run. Of course, this depends a lot on the conditions, the type of effort, the intensity, the duration of the race of the training set or the training session. But we will try to break down the topic and describe different scenarios to help you better understand how to make the smartest choices. So here we go, Wilfredo Benitez from Ompes Wellness, how and what to eat before and during a long run. Welcome Wilfredo. Francesco, good to hear you again. Good to be back. Excited yeah. to talk about this uh, topic with the Vert Run trail running community. It's an important topic. Um, nutrition, of course, is an important topic. But but what you've uh, put together here in terms of the you know today's topic uh, is exciting. It's a good one. Uh, so yes, I'm excited to be back with you and and to cover this important topic for runners. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, we got. So many questions about nutrition, um, mostly, um, probably mostly regarding nutrition related to training. Uh, so I think this is a topic that a lot of people will find very interesting. And as we, as I said, we will try to break it down, uh, give some helpful knowledge and information so that everyone can understand how to make the best choices, the smartest choices um, to plan uh, nutrition before and during a long run or a race. So let's start with uh, a little bit of science. Um, because in order to understand this topic, we need to know a little bit how our metabolism works during a long effort, like a trail race, which may last several hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of us, probably know about you know the, the basics of of this of our energy sources right we, we generally know that um glycogen or or carbohydrates um but um, you know carbohydrate gets stored into glycogen is a major source of fuel for our energy right probably a primary source you could you could say um the body just loves to use carbohydrates much more quickly than it does um fat but that, that's an important other piece is fat is also a, a major energy source. Uh, fat is actually more 
or in the body, right? We, we store fat in our cells and our body can hold tens of thousands of calories from, from fat. However, the body likes to use calories from glucose stored as glycogen a lot more quickly, right? So generally we believe carbohydrates to be the major source of, of uh, uh, fuel, our primary source of fuel for the body. So in, it's important to kind of recognize that, especially when training for, for longer efforts of endurance activities, specifically running, you're going to be using both, right? A lot of people only think about carbohydrates or if you, you know, some runners eventually possibly come to learn about burning fat as fuel, whether they want to run for longer or, you know, depend less on carbohydrates or burn more fat. And then they maybe transition to only using fat as fuel, but we need both. Our body is using and burning both all the time, whether you go for a walk or whether you go for a, you know, three, four, five hour run, your body's going to be using glucose and glycogen, and it's definitely going to be using fat as well. And we need to understand a little bit about what glycogen availability looks like, right? In order to make yes. sure that we start to get this right, right? Because it's not just, oh, I'll just have my, you know, breakfast of carbohydrates, you know, in the morning, whether that's some sort of porridge, like oatmeal, for example, or some simple toast to bread. Um, but if we can understand a little bit more about how our glycogen storage looks and what happens overnight, it'll help us, right? It'll help us kind of put the pieces together. And that's what hopefully we're doing throughout our training cycle. So I want to start with just a little bit of uh, kind of basic information about this, which is that right. glycogen, like I said, is stored glucose. And where do we get that glucose from? From carbohydrates. So between the liver, muscles of the body, and our blood, we are able to store about anywhere from 1,600 to 2,000 calories of carbohydrates as, as fuel, right? Um, overnight, however, so, you know, we talk about, uh, and runners, you know, have come across this often, which is carbo loading. Okay, what if I have a, a ton of carbohydrates before and, and kind of top my storage tank, you know, fill up my glycogen to the, to the highest it can store. And like I said, in the body, it's about 2,000 calories. Well, it's important to recognize this. Our body is using carbohydrates throughout the night as we sleep, right? Our body is doing things as we sleep. It's recovering. There's a lot of activity going on in the body as we sleep. And so from that activity, we at the moment understand that we probably use about 500 or so calories um, just from, from carbohydrates. So automatically, even if we did eat a ton of pasta before you know, a big run or a race, some of those calories are, have been burned overnight, right? They've been utilized. So what do we need to do? Well, common sense, we need to make sure that we are replenishing that if we want to go into this um, run with kind of like topped off uh, glucose and glycogen capacity. So we need to make sure that we are, are having some sort of uh, morning snack or breakfast meal before that run. Um, and, Great. you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, from what I understand, so the glycogen, which comes from carbohydrates, is the primary source of energy for the body. But the problem is that it's limited. So in order to, like, keep running, keep, keep, keep going, keep working, we need another source of fuel, 
which comes from fat, which are a much bigger uh, storage in terms of availability. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it becomes okay. even more important to be aware of that when we're running longer, right? So in yeah. the trail running community, just like any running community, there's varying distances and varying times that you're going to be running. You know, so someone who's, who's uh, yes, they're, they're trail running, but let's say they're running for, you know, an hour or even up to two hours, they know they need to worry less about, you know, running out of glycogen, right? In that amount of time, they're probably going to be okay um, just pretty much using glucose or glycogen as fuel. However, when you push past two hours, um, and of course, a lot of races and being on the trails training for a big race, you know, you might be out there for four plus hours, then you're right, you're going to be very likely running out of glycogen. Like I said, it's, there's only about 2000 hopped it off. So that's when we've done our best to actually store glycogen. Uh, but even that, like I said, will run out after about roughly four hours. So if you're going to be out there for longer than that, like you mentioned, Francesco, we need to make sure that our body is well used to, um, and, and we mentally are used to uh, the feeling of running out of glycogen, but using fat as fuel. Yeah. So, um, I have a question. How does mm -hmm. the body choose the right energy mix? Uh, like the percentage of carbohydrate of glycogen and fats to burn depending on the intensity of the effort, because from what I understand, it depends on the duration and the intensity of of the effort. Is that right? That's exactly it. That's how the body chooses, right? Depending on, on the intensity of the effort, um, it will dictate what your body uses most as fuel. As I mentioned in the beginning, the body is always going to use both, right? It's going to use, as long as there's glucose in the system, okay, the body is always going to use glucose, but it will also use fat and vice versa. Okay, so no, no, um, for the most part, no effort is only using one. However, these different types of intensities of training, you know, workouts or, you know, serious, you know, vertical gain while you're running versus, you know, running very flat, running very slow, the percentage of carbohydrates to fat that's being used will, will change based on the intensity. So for example, if you're running on a flat course, um, you know, pretty slow, then you're going to be using fat more readily, right? You, I'm just going to throw out a percentage there. You might be burning, you know, 60 to 70% fat as fuel and, you know, 30 to 40% carbohydrates as fuel or glucose as fuel, right? If you're in that lower intensity. However, once you start to pick up intensity, once you start to, you know, make it a workout, heart rate is high. Uh, again, even if it's not fast, but it's, it's very hilly, it's very technical. You're climbing, you know, your vertical, you know, your, uh, your vertical gain is, is pretty intense. Then another system of the body kicks in and that system of the body really likes carbohydrates. It really, um, fuels more efficiently with mm -hmm. glucose. And so in that scenario, the opposite happens. You might actually start to use more like 70 to 80% uh, glucose, right. Coming from your glycogen and about 20%. Um, of, of fat as fuel. So the type of training that you do will dictate how you want to fuel and how the body will actually use energy. Now with fitness, 
and you know comparing someone who's just getting into running versus someone who has been doing it for 10 plus years or someone who's a pro and does it for their their life right their career that changes things a little bit but generally speaking what i just went over is is the basics of it yeah this is this is a uh, really really important and also i i wanted to point out that from what i know a gram of carbohydrates uh is like gives the body four calories uh of uh, in terms of energy and a gram of fat is nine calories so like fat are probably the most efficient um way to store energy in the body which is why uh it's the largest source of energy that we have but as you say it's important to to train the body to to use fats uh in the energy mix because they allow us to last longer basically to keep, to keep running for a longer time because imagine if we only burn carbs carbohydrates we mm-hmm. we only last until uh we burn out those 1600 to 2000 calories that we have in our body and then we have to stop absolutely and that's why it's important to kind of think about this and bring it into your training right mm-hmm. because if you're trying to do this on a long run There's so many ways to do it, Francesco. I mean, you you've probably experienced so many different ways of fueling in your career, but you know, you have someone who maybe is using a gel, right? Some sort of, of super high sugar carbohydrate um sports nutrition powders, gels, you know, the chews. And if they're using that every 30 minutes, then they're never going to um really tap into the fat because they're just overloading the system with glucose, mm-hmm. but they're going to feel that, right? They so you might think, "Oh, I don't need to worry about using fat as fuel. I'm just going to use sugar as fuel the entire time." However, it's not that simple because as you might know, and you may have experienced this or you have athletes who experience this yourself, is the stomach becomes overwhelmed, right? That's just too yeah. much sugar for the body to handle. And in the beginning you might think it's okay, but after four or five, six hours of doing that, maybe depending on the level of fitness, maybe after eight hours of doing it, 10 hours, the body will rebel, right? You'll get nauseous. Yeah. You will feel like you can't eat anymore. You might start vomiting. You will start to crash, right? You might even get dizzy or lightheaded. It's just too much sugar overload for the body. And that's where we we need to realize, okay, you need to trust that fat is a fuel source and if you you know go a l- give a little bit more time between uh the sugar consumption during a long run or a race or if you mix up that fuel consumption and you actually bring in a little bit of uh, fat or protein or whole foods versus you know sugary gels then you can kind of tap into that ability the body's natural ability to to run longer but when we kind of only use sugar as fuel it can be to our detriment we can actually be hurting ourselves in our in our run yeah so let's let's try to put some order into all these uh great topics that we touched um in order to better understand what to eat before the run and how to what it makes sense to eat during the run because i get a lot of questions for example Is it okay if I just take gels? Do I have to bring with me solid food? Um for example, on a 5-hour trail race, does it make sense to 
eat something other than carbs provided by gels or not. I have my experience. I have things that work for me. Uh, those things might, may not work for, for everyone else. So it's also important to understand that to some extent, uh, nutrition is individual. It's something that needs to be tried and tested during training. Mm -hmm. Of course, there is some basic uh, things, informations that it's what we're trying to share here. So I would like to start um, from, the, from the very beginning. So before the run, um, what is important before a race or a long run is to have full glycogen storage because fats are always going to be there because even if we're like super skinny there's always going to be enough fats to sustain the effort the problem is the glycogen availability which if it's not uh like if the glycogen tank is not full we ran out of energy um ahead of time basically so it's important that we start a race or a long run with full storages. How do we do that? In my experience, um, it's like what is important is not just the meal before the long run or the race, but the days before up to maybe five or six days. Um, and from my experience, just uh, with the tapering, so reducing the intensity and, and uh, the volume of training by a lot, the days before a race and uh, paying attention to get uh, the right amount of carbohydrates uh, as well as all the other um, energy sources at every meal is, um, is usually enough to, to have full glycogen storages uh, before, before the race or the long run. Is it, is it a right approach? Uh, is there anything else you'd suggest yeah, how you just broke it down is often how I try to explain it to my, my clients, my athletes, right? Is it's not, as I mentioned before, going to be sufficient to uh, the night before the big run or the big race have, you know, a second plate of pasta and bread. Yeah, like the, and the, and the <laughs> carbo loading doesn't really make sense. Uh, and that's also science that tells us so. Uh, it's important that we fill up this uh, glycogen storages gradually over the days before the, the effort. Yeah, and, and, and another component of that is digestively. Digestively, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to do that, right? Versus shoving plates of, uh, as delicious as it might be, if you do all of it the night before, um, usually for most runners, digestively, it's going to really impact them. You yeah, know, you're, you're uh, going to feel happy the day after for sure. Oh yeah. And you're probably not going to sleep that well, you know, because your yeah. body's processing a, a huge amount of food that you just ate, you know, pretty late into the night. Um, so you're not going to sleep well for the most part. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, you're going to feel heavy in the morning. You'll still be digesting yeah. probably some of that in the morning. Like that's not optimal. We don't want to do that. We want to go you want to sleep well, you want to feel late in the morning, you want to feel the best you can feel heading into the run or heading into the race. So like you said, it's better to look at the week of training or sorry, the week before the race or the long run as the opportunity to carbo load uh, 
over a long, longer period of time, right? So in yeah. your experience, you've built your body and your routine to handle and to start focusing on this about five days. I generally say at least start three days before mm-hmm. the big event, right? Yeah. Um, if it's your first six plus hour trail run or it's the, it's the day of the 50K or 50 mile or what have you, then you, like I said, start to emphasize carbohydrates more in your diet and, you know, reduce other kinds of, you know, uh, junk type of foods, right? Sure. Um, about three days before. And over time, yeah, if you can start to do it that full week, like you said, up to five days or so, mm-hmm. even better. But absolutely the, the wrong way to do it um, is that night before. I think it's uh, the carbo-loading, we've expanded the definition of it. And it, it's, it's definitely more beneficial to look at it as a, as a week-long effort versus the night before definitely and also in my experience uh the tapering really makes a difference so for example if we have rest days or like really easy short runs the days before a race even if we eat normally of course not forgetting to uh, to have carbohydrates whether it's pasta rice potatoes or whatever uh the body is going to replenish its glycogen storages um, because like you're not burning a lot of energy and uh, the muscles, the liver and the blood are going to store more glycogen um, because of the, you know, the normal um, meals that you're, you're eating. So in order not to overload the, the stomach, the, uh, the, the, the system, I think uh, it's important to eat pretty much normally, maybe paying a little bit more attention to carbs and drastically reduce the training. Absolutely. I think you're, you're spot on with that. The understanding that the taper is actually really helping with your yeah. ability to, to, to store glycogen is actually really important to remember because people might think, oh, okay, I have to emphasize carbs. I have to do this five days before my race. And then they may overeat, right? Because they're mm-hmm. not burning that much calories because they're not training in the same way. Some runners, they might be taking more rest days. Um, so they might they can easily overeat because they really try to eat more carbs at every meal and they, they forget, oh, what I'm not working out less. So we need to understand both for the perfect scenario. Okay, energy expenditure is down. Therefore, you might be okay with about the same amount of calories as when you were training, but emphasize carbohydrates a little bit more um, versus, oh, I need to add, you know, 500 calories carbohydrates to what I was doing. No, because then you're really going to be overdoing it because you're not working out as much. So you're right. You have to think about both there. The taper, getting that taper right is, is, it's crucial. This nutrition piece is part of it. It's crucial. Yes. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, of course, everyone has his own choices regarding nutrition that, uh, for the meals before the race. Can you give us an example of what's a good pre-race dinner and what a lot of people want to know, uh, a pre-race breakfast? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm actually going to um, put you on the spot too and ask you for what, what has kind of worked for you in mm-hmm. your career, you know, it'd be really helpful to have 
someone who is a is a pro and elite, you know, kind of uh, share what they do if, if you're yeah. comfortable. Uh, but as we kind of been talking about the, the pre-race dinner, right, the night before, um, it, it is important to utilize that meal as a way to uh, increase that carbohydrate storage, right? Increase that glycogen storage. So, so for that we do want to emphasize some carbohydrates. Like I said, we don't need plates and plates of pastas and breads and, and pizzas and things like this, but we want to emphasize a little bit more. So for example, if you're trying to be a super simple, and a lot of people are that night before, they try to keep their meals simple, easy to digest. So often with my clients, I see a lot of like a grain, um, some sort of protein like meat, or if you're um, maybe fish, or if you're you know vegetarian or vegan, then maybe it's some sort of tofu. Yeah, And then... Um, some like simple vegetables on the side. So often for those people are staying away from beans, you know, trying to ease the digestion. Uh, they might not eat as many, like, like it might not be broccoli, things like this. It might just be like spinach, um, maybe a little bit of cooked carrots or sweet potato or some, uh, some peppers, things like this. So keep those vegetables light and easy to digest. And, and like you, you've been saying, everyone knows what that is for them. Everyone knows if they struggle to digest broccoli, okay, don't eat a bunch of broccoli the night before your race. Um, but on that simple plate that I just described, what you would do to that plate is you would increase a little bit of the grains, right? Or of the main carbohydrate portion of that meal um, on that plate. So you know, add a little bit more uh, of rice or add a little bit more of quinoa or add a little bit more of buckwheat. Or if you're doing, doing, you know, sweet potatoes, for example, then have a slightly larger sweet potato than you normally would. Um, have a little bit more um, greens with it. Maybe after your dinner, you might have a little, little fruit bowl, right? Yeah. To kind of increase some, some uh, extra carbohydrates that maybe you couldn't get in your meal. Um, so it's, Think of it. I mean, when you look at that, it's like, oh, that's completely different than what people often are doing, which is it's again, like three bowls of pasta because they think <laughs> that they need that. No, if, again, if you did everything right the whole week, you don't need to have this be like a big giant pasta bowl the night before. Oh, no, um, you're, it, you're almost ready. You just need the final touch to be perfectly ready. But it's not exactly. that you have to like change everything. Exactly. And, and that meal, I just kind of, it was a basic idea, but that meal I just kind of described is a lot easier to digest. The body oh, yeah. it knows that it's simple. It's nothing new that you, you know, obviously that don't try anything new the night before. Don't try anything new the day of. Um, so it's going to be a lot easier on the system. Then you'll sleep better. Like we talked about, and then we get to the morning, right? And that's the second part of your question. Okay. Well now what, what I do in the morning, so again, depends on the person, of course, depends what you've been practicing. Obviously, like I said, don't try anything new. Ideally, yeah. what you do in the morning has been what you've been doing or a version of what you've been doing during your practice long runs. Definitely. Right. It, it should so, be one of those. So important. Should, yeah. I mean, if you kind of do like basically you rotate between three different options or two different options for your morning long run meal, it should be pretty much one of those options that you do on the, on the race day. That being said, if you're thinking about, okay, well, I'm just getting into training. What should I do then on these long runs? How should I practice? Depends on the length of your run, right? As we kind of talked about at the beginning, if you're running mm -hmm. for only up to, you know, two hours, you don't need this huge 
breakfast uh, if you're eating well the night before, right? Have, have something simple in the morning, have it be carbohydrate based, have a little bit of, um, you know, fat and protein and you'll be fine, especially hydration with you on your run. But, you know, if it's two hours, you're going to be okay, especially if it's a little slower, right? Again, you have the fat there to um, back you up if you need to. That being said, if you're running for, you know, three, four, five plus hours, if you've gotten to that point, you will need a little bit more of a heartier, more substantial type of pre-run meal, right? Um, right. However, same concept. You don't need as much as you might think, especially if you're bringing fuel with you, right? If exactly. You're you don't need as much as nutrition. you might think. That's yeah. something I would highlight because the the main thought is that oh i'm gonna run for five hours i need a, a lot of fuel but we tend to forget that what's what matters it what we is what we did the days before once mm -hmm. again so keep it simple is uh, the number one uh, advice and then yeah keep it simple uh, mm -hmm. for sure number one advice Re remember that you're bringing fuel with you. So you, mm -hmm. you will top off your, your carbohydrates as you, as you need, right? Especially if you're having something every you know, 45 minutes or so, somewhere around there, um, you're likely gonna be fine for that amount of time. So keep that breakfast, you know, the normal bowl of oatmeal that you had or the normal bowl of toast that, you, that you've had. Maybe you can have a little bit of extra fruit, right? Uh, give yourself an extra half of a serving of fruit or an extra half slice of toast. If, if you, if you want to feel more confident, right. Mentally, but realize physically, you don't need a, an extra serving. You don't need a, a huge amount more because you're going to be bringing fuel with you, right. You're going to be um, uh, replenishing the, the carbohydrate to some degree every, you know, like I said, 30, 45 minutes, depending on what you've been practicing. Yes. Does it make sense to insert a source of protein in the pre-race breakfast? From a recovery standpoint, okay, so for two, two perspectives here. From a mm -hmm. recovery standpoint, yes, it, it, can, it can be um, helpful to actually have some protein before the training session. So for boosting recovery, it's not exactly necessary, but it can be helpful. And if you're going to do it afterwards, it becomes less necessary. Okay. Okay. But from a fueling perspective, from a energy availability perspective, it is it can be really helpful if you're running longer, right? So if you're running like probably I want to say four hours or less, you don't need to worry about too much protein before. If you're running greater than that, then it has been shown that having protein be a part of the pre you know training session meal, and possibly even part of your fuel, it can help you sustain energy a little bit longer and it can help you avoid uh, what we kind of talked about with the overwhelming sugars, the nausea, the vomiting, the lightheadedness, mm -hmm. protein. We burn protein. We often forget about this. As we're yes. doing anything, we are also burning a little bit of protein. It's, it's, it's not much, but it's, it's why we kind of forget about it. Mm -hmm. But bringing it into what we eat can actually help sustain uh running longer and without you know gastrointestinal distress so for someone doing the first 50 miler or up 
that's when you might start to practice having some protein. You know, it's, it's often why some people may introduce like some nuts, having some nuts as they're part of their whole food uh, source. Or if you're looking at bars, for example, have a little bit of, you know, make sure a little bit of protein is in that bar. It's not just 100% carbohydrates um, because a little bit of protein can really help. Yep. And doesn't it reduce the, like the sugar spikes in the blood to have a, like a more balanced distribution of carbs and protein? Like I know that is true for like normal meals that we have um, mm -hmm. at any time of the day, but also in the pre-race uh, breakfast, does it make sense to kind of reduce these sugar spikes? Yeah, because the last thing you want to do, so this is an often common scenario, right? Is mm -hmm. people eat a little bit before, you know, uh, their run to make sure they digest well. Yeah. Well, if you have pretty much only carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates, then by the time you get to, you know, out of your car, or if you get to the start line of the race, you're, you could potentially be coming down from what you ate. And that's the last thing you want is pretty much immediately as you begin your blood sugar is coming down, right? You want, you want the opposite. You want to be kind of leveling, still having a level blood sugar. So protein can really help. It makes perfect sense. Like you said, day to day, we understand protein can help with blood sugar, but especially on race morning, we, we don't want our blood sugar to be dropping as we're starting our race. So protein, yeah. having some protein in that meal, again, some nuts, Potentially, if you've been practicing this, some protein powder in your protein oatmeal, powder, for example, yeah. or in your yogurt, that kind of thing. Um, having that in the in that pre-race meal can really help with leveling off, stabilizing energy availability. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about my experience uh, since you asked me. Um, for the days before the race, I've already said. Um, I try to eat normally, basically. Um, what I really pay attention is to reduce the volume and uh, rest plenty, which is super important to get to race day full of energy with full glycogen storages. For the meal before the race, um, there is actually a lot of runners who like to always have the same meal, but like since I'm traveling so much for races, it's kind of difficult to always find the same type of food. So I've, mm -hmm. I've adapt, I've, I've got used to different options. And as you said, uh, it's important to have a, a good source of grains, like definitely not forget about carbohydrates, uh, rice, pasta, um, spelt, whatever cooked in a very simple fashion. A small side of vegetables. Um, I usually don't like salad because it messes up a little bit with my stomach. Maybe it's better mm -hmm. to have some spinach or simple cooked vegetables. And then a small uh, portion of uh, fish or meat or even some, some cheese. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's usually good. Uh, I might have dessert after, after dinner, um, like a, a small piece of cake or a cookie or, or something, because why not? And mm -hmm. uh, I usually don't like fruit uh, for the same reason. I, I tend to avoid salad uh, because like 
sometimes I found that it messes up my stomach and uh, it it can prolong my di- digestion, especially overnight. Mm-hmm. And for my pre-race meal, uh, basically uh, same principles. Like I've got used to different options because there is not like the food that I like is not always available. Sometimes I try to bring my own food when, uh, when I know that I'm not going to find something that is, that is good before the race. Um, and this happens quite a lot of times, I, I must say. Um, so my to go breakfast before a race, um, or whether it's long or short, it doesn't really matter. Um, oatmeal, um, for sure is, uh, is good. Maybe with some, um, protein powder and milk, uh, vegetable milk or, or just cow milk. Um, and that is enough for the carbs and the protein source that I, I need to get. Um, sometimes if I want to stay a little lighter, I choose bread with some jam uh, on top. Um, just a couple of slices is enough for me. And, uh, and then maybe some yogurt as a little source of protein. And um, yeah, so this, this is basically the, the structure of my breakfast. I try to eat at least three hours before the race. Um, sometimes I need less, like especially when it's a long race, um, that it's like the start is not super intense uh, because like if it's, if it's a short race and it's like it's going to be really, really tough from the beginning, I want to be like my stomach wants to be as empty as possible. While if it's a long effort and we're kind of starting slowly, or for example, if it's a training long run, I can eat up to 90 minutes before, before the effort, for example. Um, so that's, that's basically what I do. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I, I should share. Um, I think that was, that's very helpful. I, I, mean, I drink, you know, I drink this... tea. I yeah about regarding coffee um Uh like sometimes i like coffee sometimes i don't for example in combination with milk i don't like to to have coffee so for example if i have a bowl of cereal or oatmeal with milk i don't take coffee after because i feel it's it's heavier to digest well for example um if i take a couple of slices of bread and jam I can have a coffee maybe one hour before the race and uh, it gives me a good boost of, uh, of energy. Um, yeah, that's about it. Perfect. I, like I said, I think that was, um, it's going to be really helpful for people. Clearly you, I'm sure practice this too, right? So you've gotten yeah. to the point of getting I'm... your body used to this mm-hmm. mentally getting confident with your choices. That's important. Yeah. I remember when I started running, uh, of course, I was still a child. I used not to be able to eat the morning before before the race. And like, if I had anything, uh, like even something really, really simple, I used to throw up after the race. So I stopped having breakfast. And it took me a while to practice having some little food before the race and not to throw up after the race. Uh, and then 
like once I got used to it, uh, I started eating more and more. And now I don't like to have very large breakfast before a race or, a, or an important training session. But I understand that it's important to give uh, the body uh, a signal uh, also for the metabolism to to tell the body, hey, uh, we're getting ready to work, to work hard, and you need to be ready. And uh, here is the last uh, little source of energy that you need in order to sustain this effort. Yeah, I think that's that's key, right? Giving mm -hmm. giving the body essentially like, hey, wake up, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're about to do something here. And, and, and that that's also even an important reason to even just eat something. Some people, they get nervous in the morning. They feel like they can't eat. And I understand that. So we need to be strategic about what we what we do have you eat. But and we want to eat something to wake up the system. Yeah. And so we need to, to practice, as always. Uh, the key is adaptation and getting used to what we do for, for an important race. Uh, the long runs in the weeks before i think this is a good moment to close today's episode we hope you enjoyed it and uh, that you found some helpful information inside it thank you very much to wilfredo and uh, until next time keep following us um, our next episode of nutrition talk is going to be at the end of march where we'll talk about um, how to plan and how to manage our nutrition during a trail race or a long run. Thank you for following us. Um, please share this episode on social media if you enjoyed it, share it with your friends, and please rate our show on Spotify or Google Podcasts. This helps other users find it and hopefully find some sponsors to support the show. Thank you and enjoy the trails. Bye. <laughs>